Hello, hello. Uh, Dr. Raj, what's going on, man? Hey, Ben. How are you? Uh, I am wonderful. I am wonderful. We're going to let a few people come in. Hello, everybody. Uh, if you are with us live, say hello. Um, I know we got uh, we got a lot of questions to get into um, today. Uh, hello, Jessica. Uh, how's it going? Great to see you. Uh, hello, Connie. Thank you for watching. Uh, Shelly, what's up? What's up? What's up? Uh, we are so happy uh, that you guys are hanging out with us tonight. Um, Adeline, I love your name. Um, Adeline, I love I love that name. Uh, thank you for being here. Hello. Um, we have a lot of questions to get into. Uh, we're going to uh, put a, a little bit of a time restriction on this, guys. Uh, we got to get out of here at, at 640. Uh, part of that is the is the, the reason we started here at 6 versus 7. Our normal time is 7. Um, is 7 o'clock. Troy, what's going on, man? Molly, hello, hello. Great to see you. Um, okay, so we're going to get to the questions here. Uh, if you do have a question for Dr. Rogers, um, you can put those in the comments. If we don't get to it uh, during the show, uh, we, were, we will figure out a way to answer your question. Um, so just uh, know that. So don't hesitate to put a question uh in the comments, and if we don't get to it, uh, we apologize in advance, um, but we're going to get to it. Uh, Bianca, how's it going, Heather? Uh, let's see here, Barbara, what's up, what's up? Um, okay, here we go, let's get to the first one here. When is it appropriate to supplement testosterone therapy with HCG? Are there any potential side effects? How often does it need to be given? Um, that's a great question, really. Um, yeah, it's, it's appropriate. Uh, HCG is almost like luteinizing hormone, which is a signal from your brain to your testicles to make testosterone. And basically you have two different types of low T. Uh, primary hypogonadism, where um, it, you don't have the signal from your brain, or you don't, your testicles can't make it for some reason. Secondary is when the signal is low from your brain, your testicles to make testosterone. And that's usually what we see. As you age, you get less of the signal coming uh, to make more testosterone. So, you know, definitely if you're a young person and we don't want to suppress your pituitary gonadal axis, um, we will try ACG or Clomid first, you know, given the appropriate workup. Um, so, if you're a young guy and you want to have kids and you want to make some of your own testosterone, we'll definitely use HCG or the kind of an oral HCG lookalike is Clomid, which you think of as a fertility drug for women. Actually, we use it in men to stimulate testosterone production, kind of like HCG does. Um, but so if you're a young guy um, with, um, you know, you want to have a family and you don't want to suppress your own uh, sperm production or your own ability to make uh, testosterone, then we use um, sometimes HCG alone, but more of the time with testosterone, it's, it's kind of adds to testosterone. Um, even for older guys that don't want the testicular shrinkage you get with pure testosterone alone. So you can either use, use it concurrently with testosterone or take breaks from testosterone and cycle off of T and just use HCG maybe two or three times a year for up to a month at a time. You can do it that way. Sometimes that's more affordable. I mean, some people think it's a little costly to do both testosterone and HCG at the same time, although 
it's not really that expensive. Um, so it's definitely a great question and um, depends on your status, your age. And sometimes I'll, I'll actually, if I'm working somebody up for low T, say a young guy, 30, 35, and we don't know why he has low T, I'll check an, a luteinizing hormone and an FSH, follicle stimulating hormone, to see if he's able to produce his own testosterone. And if the, say, the luteinizing hormone is low normal, he probably can just with clomid or HCG. Um, if not, if his LH is high, say eight or higher, probably ACG is not going to help much. So, um, so definitely for a younger person um, who wants to not, uh, you know, kind of downplay his own testosterone production for future, then we'll use it with it or take breaks from testosterone and use it then uh, alone. So kind of, you know, I just tell, tells you testosterone replacement, there's a lot of nuances and a lot of kind of knowledge you have to have to do it right so that you don't suppress sperm count or suppress your own production of testosterone. Um, right. But right. Uh, a lot of times we'll order a prolactin level to make sure you don't have a prolactinemia. So, you know, we, when we do testosterone replacement, we do it the right way. And that, that, so I hope that that's kind of a complex answer to a, a good question so no it's a it's a great question and that came in over email thank you for for that we're gonna we're gonna keep it moving here guys we're gonna get to as m many of these questions as we can um next one is can you talk about the benefits of nebulizing hydrogen peroxide and how to do this at home there's a formula that i don't have with me right now but you know i haven't used i haven't i've had some people that did it and it didn't bother them but you know, it's not really part of my protocol. If you go to Mercola or some of those guys, they, they love nebulized hydrogen peroxide, which is probably safe to do. But in, in a few people that I know tried it, it kind of irritated their airways a little bit and certainly don't want to use it long term uh, because it may cause some fibrosis or scarring. But I mean, you know, some people do it as, whenever they get a cold or a bronchitis. And it may be effective against COVID. Um, I mean, it's it use a food grade uh, hydrogen peroxide and mix it with water and put it in your nebulizer. I don't have the exact teaspoon to how much sterile water you do in that, but you can look it up on Mercola's site. It's, it's an easy formula. So I'm not against it. I just don't use it first line for my treatments. I usually use nebulized budesonide, which we know works uh, but certainly i'm not against it you know see how it works for you but it's supposed to to kill covid um so i'm not against it just don't use it long term all right thank you for for that question there that's a good answer doc here's the next one uh really interesting question uh what are your thoughts on fermented vitamins versus regular vitamins what benefits do fermented vitamins offer that others don't and I'm not real up on that. You know, I love the process of fermentation, you know, because uh, things that are fermented usually get into your system a little bit better. Um, but fermented vitamins, I don't know of any, you know, of course, apple cider vinegar, I take that fermented vitamin every day myself. Seems to help GERD and maybe have some other benefits. But um, I have to do a little more research on the other fermented vitamins. Um, 
So, you know, I'm sorry I can't answer that question to your um, to your, to your needs, but I'll do a little research on that and and see. Uh, so, um, jury's out on that one. I don't know. You probably know more about it than I do. So, please educate me, and I'll I'll do my own research. Kombucha, um, you know, everybody uses kombucha as a drink. And certainly that's great for you for your gut. I guess, it, you know, theoretically be, be better for your gut microbiome is what I would think. And maybe you get some more absorption for it from it because of that reason. But that's, that's what I would guess. But I need to get a little more expertise on that. And I do have some, some information that went along with that question. I'll make sure you get that. And then we will, uh, we will also probably do a follow-up on that question. Okay. Uh, so thank you for, for that one. Let's go. Uh, to, a, to a COVID question, um, I am COVID recovered uh, in January of 2021. Should I be concerned about reinfection? If so, what should I be taking prophylactically? I did just complete a serum antibodies test and am positive. Congratulations. So you probably have the best protection you can get against COVID-19 is uh, having the actual disease, uh, the native strand, and you're protected. So... Um, you know, there's a lot of people that think that's a lifetime protection. I have seen a couple breakthrough from the native. I've seen a ton of breakthrough with the vaccine, of course. Um, but so that's good. I'd still take your DC and zinc, quercetin, um, you know, so just and do all the other things you can. Get out, move, get sunshine, get sleep. Um, and they did. Build- they had. They had a, a follow-up here. Um, there can uh, says I am considering completing a T cell DTAC test. Would yeah. you advise on this? Yeah, I mean you can wait till your antibodies, your B cell antibodies, that you, can, that you measure with your blood test that you just got. Wait till those are gone, and then check for the T cell immunities. That's when you need them. Supposedly, you're going to get a lot of good T cell immunity from having the disease. I mean, when you actually have COVID, you know you're your immune system actually recognizes all five parts of that COVID virus. When you get the vaccine, you only recognize the spike protein. So it should give you better T cell immunity, um, you know, because I know the vaccine just protects you against the, the one spike protein, but there's four other parts of that virus. So you're getting a more complete uh, coverage. Uh, and then do your own part by, you know, taking your vitamins and keeping yourself healthy. And if for some reason you did have a breakthrough through a mutant uh, uh, variant, then you should do very fine with it. It should be very mild if you get it. Um, you know, again, uh, we've seen a lot of breakthrough fully vaccinated people, and sometimes they get pretty sick. Um, whether or not you're protected somewhat against death, I hope so for the vaccinated people. Um, you know, that's what some of the data are looking like. But um, so it's a risk benefit ratio. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm looking at that T cell my uh, test myself. Um, and stay tuned because I hope to be able to order some of those. Um, we'll see. All right. Great I'm going to uh, put this in here just because I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are thinking uh, uh, about this as well. Uh, this came from Facebook. It's about monoclonal antibodies. I'm going to read the full question for you. Uh, more doctors are now prescribing the monoclonal antibody infusions. 
They stopped infusing the convalescent plasma with antibodies of recovered patients saying it wasn't effective and switch over to the monoclonal, uh, which is lab replicated antibodies. Is this actually safe since it is also new and authorized for emergency use and considered a medication? Uh, what are the risks and side effects and how is this much different from a vaccine? Um, it's totally different than the vaccine. You know, these monoclonal antibodies um, have been in use for long periods of time. Um, and again, against this virus are kind of new, but I like the idea of monoclonal antibodies. I've sent a lot of people for them. I think we sent four yesterday for them and they seem to turn around pretty quick. Um, it's an hour long infusion. You have to go to the center, the hospital, not to the ER, but, uh, it's gotta be arranged or all kind of hoopla we got to go through to get somebody in form. But certainly, um, I think if I came down with it, I'd, I would head to try to get some, I think that if you get them early, you need to get them within the first five days or they're not effective. And the convalescent plasma is shown to be pretty ineffective as, has the remdesivir that just flat out hasn't worked um so i'm i kind of like the monoclonal antibody things i've sent several patients not going to have had anybody that had a problem with it you, anytime you infuse something you got to watch for anaphylaxis that's a has been reported but very rare and they're right there to take care of it so um i think for certain patients that are at high risk like over 65 um, people that have uh, asthma, diabetes, obesity, certainly, um, heart disease, then um, it seems like he froze up there a bit. Um, let's wait till he comes back. Um, it, is he going to come back? Maybe not. Hopefully, I would so. certainly think about it. Doc, you froze up on me. Hold on one second, okay? Okay. Can you hear me now? I can hear you. Um, hold on one second. Let me just uh, let me say a few things, and then uh, and then we'll get back to you. Sorry to cut you off there, um, Katie. If you are with us, Katie is 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 in our uh, Facebook comments, so she's um, she'll be performance medicines fake. Facebook avatar tonight. Uh, Katie's our operations manager, as many of you guys know. Uh, Katie's going to be answering questions inside the comments, uh, in addition to the stuff that we're doing up here, uh, especially if it has to do with um, stuff that that is in office uh, at our offices. We we did announce a a kind of a policy update in our um, in our treatment policy. Uh, we're we're no longer treating uh, out of state. Uh, patients, which really is has been kind of uh, sad for us this afternoon. So we're we're, we're constantly trying to figure out what else, uh, what other solutions uh, there are. So we're trying to gather other providers and practices who are doing very similar type stuff as us and kind of team up on it. Um, the reasoning behind it uh, has mostly to do with with pharmacies. Um, we're having difficulty getting uh, some of our protocol. Um, filled. So, so that is the issue. And, uh, and that's why we're, we're keeping it in state and close to home where we, uh, kind of know what to expect from, from the pharmacy standpoint. Doc, you have anything to add to that? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's gotten so busy that we, we can't even get our own town's patients in on the phone for this. It's just been overwhelming how much, uh, COVID we've treated in the last 
two weeks, it's been unbelievable. And I, I assume we're going to be treating more of it in the next couple of weeks. And I, hopefully it dies down. We get some herd immunity from this thing. But um, certainly a lot of breakthrough COVID cases. And um, so we just do the best we can. We, you know, we want to maintain our license. So, you know, the FDA, um, they really come down a little bit on ivermectin, which is the main thing that I think that works for COVID. Um if you get it early, but it works at all phases, even post COVID long haulers. But, you know, some of these pharmacies were having trouble, um, giving us grief over using ivermectin and things. And, you know, um, the FDA put out a picture, uh, which is totally classes of a horse and saying, this is what you use ivermectin for. And, um, you know, it was totally, of course they do use it for horses and dogs and people, we use it for scabies and lice and little kids, so it's it's a very effective medicine. We use it for uh, river blindness. I mean, it's it's one of the top ten medicines in the history of the world, used worldwide. Um, so it, it's just crazy what our times are right now. So, uh, why? Well, and with that said, you know, stay stay in contact with us via email. We we are archiving all of that because um, we're you know. Um, Coming up with solutions now, uh, the the big one being trying to connect with other uh, like-minded providers and practices, um, so that we can, uh, you know, send people to to places that we think are doing good work, and um, and we're also putting together a a team to to handle this uh, at the moment. We're doing some hiring, so if you know uh, nurses who are who are interested uh, or providers, um, we are. Uh, actively looking, um, you can shoot me an email if, if you know people, uh, ben at performancemedicine.net. Um, all right, so let's get to, let's get to a few more questions here. I mean, if you have more questions about that, uh, Katie will be in the comments, uh, responding to as many as she can, um, while we get to the rest of these questions. Um, okay, so let's say, let's go to this one. And with this, will you kind of, um, talk a, a little bit about the, uh, about your protocol and the, the doses, because, uh, I know people are in the comments, um, asking about, um, doses yeah, NAC and, and Quercetin. Quercetin. I especially like NAC post COVID, or if you're just having a hard time clearing up with COVID, uh, in acetylcysteine, I don't, I don't have the dose right in front of me. It's just one pill a day. Quercetin is usually 500 to a thousand milligrams a day. Sometimes it comes in 250, but try to get 500 at least in there. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm certainly taking them. I think you should take them both. Um, uh, we're taking 15 milligram once a week. Uh, yeah, go to twice a week during the surge for sure. Um, and then if you get it, of course, we're going to use higher doses. We've learned to use weight based higher doses if you have COVID, but for a normal weight person, 15 milligram is pretty standard dose. It's not going to hurt you. Um, I just don't see side effects from it. Um, so, and, and back to the monoclonal antibody test. Yeah. I wouldn't be f afraid of monoclonal antibodies. I'm all for them. Uh, so you said you uh, would not be afraid. No, I would take okay. them. Yeah. I got you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's get to, to, to this one here. Um, and I'll give some clarification. Um, there, the, the question is, this is a, was attached. This is a COVID protocol that the Eastern Virginia medical school recommends seems similar uh, close to exactly what Dr. Rogers recommends. However, I noticed they recently added fluvoxamine. 
and the uh, part two to that, any ideas why or if Dr. Raj would recommend uh, fluvoxamine yeah. as well? Yeah, yeah, I've used that in several cases. It wasn't part of my initial, uh, you know, add-on, but it certainly, if you're not improving from day five to ten, um, I'll add that a lot of times, and I use it a lot for uh, long hauler codes as well. Uh, fluvoxamine, it's it's a, an SSRI that we've used for years for um, OCD. Um, and so it's a safe medication. Some people feel a little weird on it, uh, but it's certainly something that I have added to my protocol. And again, I, I, I used a lot of the Eastern Virginia Medical School's protocol early on. They were one of the leaders in, in the frontline docs. Uh, so I love their protocol. Um, and, you know, Dr. McCullough's in there with it. And um, so yeah, fluvoxamine is probably a very good medicine to to take if if you're kind of in that second phase of COVID and not improving. I will add that. Why it works, we're not really sure. Um, you know, but uh, it seems to have some good anti-inflammatory effects to calm down that cytokine storm, and also helps post-COVID because it gets into your brain a little bit and certainly can cause some brain fog, and that seems to help that as well. So. Great question. Great I don't question. hesitate to use it at all. You can't use it if you're on another SSR like Prozac, Zoloft, Paxil, Lexapro. So you don't want to take two SSRIs. You may get that serotonin syndrome. But uh, certainly that's that's something that uh, we have used and, and uh, it may become more of the protocol in the future. We'll see. All right. I, I like this question because um, I'm sure a lot of people have – a lot of people know of Metamucil. Uh, and, uh, the question is one of my doctors told me 25 years ago to use Metamucil every day. Do you still think this is a good thing to do? What's your thoughts on that real quick? Yeah. One of those doctors may have been my dad or my brother, both colon surgeons. <laughs> they, I saw them mix it up and take it every day. It's just fiber. So yeah, it's great for colon health and, uh, it's a great thing to do. It's not going to hurt you, especially if you have uh, constipation, of course, but you know, most people don't need enough fiber, 25 to uh, 30 grams, you know, is recommended. So uh, great thing to do. Great thing. All right. Thank you for that, guys. That does the does it for the questions that came in uh, through email. If I missed you, I'm so, so sorry. Uh, shoot me another email, ben at performancemedicine.net. I'll make sure we get to it uh, on next, next week's show. Uh, we're going to get to as many as we can here in the comments. Uh, Katie's going to help me out, and, and I'm going to get in there uh, later on tonight and answer as many as I can. Uh, we've got about uh, 15 minutes or so where we're going to uh, get into here. Um, and I'll just uh, real quickly say, guys, if, if you're not on our email list, that's probably going to be the best way uh, to stay in touch with our content. Um, uh, go ahead. You can sign up for that just by emailing me, ben at performancemedicine.net. Put in the subject line email list. Um, I will add you on there, or it is all over our website, performancemedicine.net. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Our email goes out every single Tuesday. Um, okay, let's get to the questions here. Put them in the comments, guys. Uh, let's see a few people I haven't seen. Let's see. Aletta, how you doing? Uh, David, great to see you, man. So good to see you in here. Kim, hello, hello. Uh, Penny, what's going on? I, I, Penny, great to see you. Great to see you. Uh, Sandy over on YouTube. Uh, shout out to all the YouTube people. Um, if you guys are not subscribed to the YouTube channel, make sure you do that. We put out three videos today. Um, okay, let me see if I can find it. Jessica, 
Um, she asks, can you do a quantitative test for COVID antibodies, IgG, or an IgM? Uh, yeah, they, I think both um, LabCorp and Quest will both do one of those if you request it. Yeah, I mean, IgM means recent infection, IgG is past infection, so you'll know if you had a recent or past. But And some of them, for some reason, even give the titers. You know, the levels of, of your, which is even better. I've seen a few of those come through. Why some of them take it and some don't, I don't know. But um, even though you order the same test. But, um, yeah, a quantitative thing is good if you have a high titer. It's more protection. So um, I think it's a good thing to have that. But, yeah, certainly available. All right. Thank you, for, thank you for that, Jessica. Um, let's see here. Things that I have not gotten to yet. Um, I did get these. Let's just put this up real quick. I think we've already answered this, but I, I did get the Xlear. Did you say use it as preventative or just as treatment if you get COVID? Oh. Uh, I like it as a preventive, but certainly if you have COVID, you should use it too because it kills the virus. It has um, uh, xylitol, which seems to be the, the main thing that, that uh, clears viruses and bacteria as well. It's a sugar alcohol also prevents cavities but so yeah I, I use it i'm using it several times a day as, as well as some antiseptic mouthwash just to kind of because preventive and treatment because you, you know this stuff's everywhere uh, especially this delta it's, it's a little bit more contagious or maybe a lot more contagious so do anything you can because it enters through your mouth and nose and maybe even your eyes so wear glasses if you're talking to somebody they're up close if you're worried about them and especially be if you're around anybody that's been recently vaccinated um i really think that that a lot of those people are, are really they're shedding that virus and that's you know I, I get a lot of people that um here here's a great example um i, I treated a guy last week on the phone him and his wife both got it she was fully vaccinated in March and April, and he didn't want to get the vaccine, but somehow got coerced into it. And so he went and got the vaccine on a Monday, and by Wednesday he had a full-blown COVID, and his wife also got it supposedly from him. So I've seen this a lot. It's just very unusual that we're spiking now when everybody's getting the, 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 the vaccine. So, you know, if somebody gets a vaccine, that's probably when they should wear a mask to prevent transmitters staying away from people, you know. Um, we want grandmother to have the vaccine so she can come visit us with the family reunion. So grandma gets vaccinated, goes down to the family reunion, everybody gets COVID. <laughs> so it's weird. Again, I'm not, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but there's just some strange things going on with, um, you know, with the COVID thing. I don't think we'll, we'll ever fully understand it, but, um, you know, um, now, again, I'm not saying don't get the vaccine, um, but it should be a choice. Some people just don't want to have that vaccine, and uh, certainly they have a right not to get it. In my opinion, they're not terrorists if you don't get the vaccine. Well, uh, this certainly, I've seen a, just see you see patterns, and you kind of use your common sense about it. And um, I've just it's just crazy. Um, so th this this came up um, over on Facebook. Thank you, Misty, for for this. Um, you know, we're not going to get. Uh, too much into in, into this this type of stuff, but but you know I I do want to hear some of your thoughts on you know maybe the unvaccinated and what 
we certainly don't want to, um, you know, uh, make anyone upset. Yeah. Uh, especially we don't, we don't, yeah, we don't want to get people upset either way because we try to be common sense. And, um, again, I firmly believe if you don't, uh, if you have a reason not to get the vaccine, um, just like a flu shot, you shouldn't have to take it. And, um, some people through the years have told me they get uh, the flu every time they get the flu shot. I believe them. So I say, well, don't get a flu shot then. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're kind of going overboard, I think with, uh, you know, labeling people that won't get a vaccine as terrorist or, you know, they'll put a sign on your, on you. And, uh, somebody even told me that some hospital system, they make you wear a mask, uh, that says on the front, it says danger or unvaccinated or something. So that's kind of, kind of bad, you know? So, um, yeah, I think it's awful what, what they're doing. And I'm, I'm afraid since we've got official approval of the, of the vaccine now through Pfizer that they're going to mandate it in a lot of places that people are going to quit their jobs for. Um, so we even have healthcare workers who um, fought COVID, you know, for the whole year, year and a half. And now they don't want to get the vaccine. They're getting fired. So they're standing out in front of their hospital saying last year's he- healthcare heroes, this year's unemployed. And we're in, a, we're in a shortage of people now. So, um, and again, I'll tell you, I don't think it's the unvaccinated that are spreading the virus. Um, if you're sick, stay at home. If you're scared of getting virus, stay at home, isolate yourself. Um, but so it's kind of a, a shame what's going on now. Um, maybe the vaccine may protect you against um, dying. I don't know. You know, certainly seems to be more frequently that the unvaccinated are um, are sick in the hospital, but there's plenty of vaccinated people in there too. And a lot of those stats are, you know, old stats, but I assume we're going to learn a lot more, you know, in the next couple of months about it. And so certainly if you're scared and you want to take the vaccine, take it, but don't, you know, chastise your friends that, that won't take it, just respect their rights and stay away from them. You know, I mean, here's your own common sense. Don't judge people because they don't want to get the vaccine. I mean, that vaccine is, you know, not without unwanted side effects in a lot of cases. So, you know, again, you got to be careful what you say about the vaccine you'll get censored for sure. You know, you know, people, you know, when you suppress freedom of speech, you get, um, you get tyranny and you get suppression of good information. So it should be open on either side, the free speech. So when you, when you suppress what somebody's trying to tell you, then, um, that is a bad thing, uh, for, for everybody in my opinion, but that's all I'm going to say about the vaccine today. All right, let's, I gotta be careful. Let's go into let's do a, a little bit for uh, talk a little bit about the kids because I think this is something that I know will help a lot of people. Um, what's your recommendations for uh, these doses in kids? And there is another one that I want to make sure uh, we get to. Uh, let's see here. Um, and then, so let's go ahead and talk about that. Then I'll get to Rebecca's question. It says vomit is it for kids. Yeah, I mean. You know, just go by your recommended. I don't know how old your kids. I'm not a pediatrician, but check have your pediatrician check the levels. Those zinc lozenges that you chew on for kids are pretty good. D3, of course, you know, just 
depends on the levels, but it comes in droppers. So, you know, most kids will need 1,000, maybe 2,000, depending on the, the uh, age, and maybe 250 of C. But, um, you know, I, I do think it's helpful. Uh, but, again, uh, go by what your pediatrician says, not what I say on that. Uh, same thing on, on this question? Same thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, uh, take the vitamins, make sure that um, kids seem to do very well with uh with covid when they get it i think we've had 300 deaths so far of covid in in kids under 18 i mean 300 that's really low and most of those i'm sure had comorbid conditions so um you know certainly kids can get it even even really young kids but they can also get rsv influenza i mean they can get other viruses and bacteria that uh you know, it can be very, kids have smaller airways that maybe their immune systems aren't as vibrant or as healthy. Uh, so you have to be really careful with the kids, but certainly they can get COVID for sure. Just like they can get the flu or RSV strep, which is staph, which is much more common in kids to harm them than, than COVID it seems. But uh, again, I'm not a pediatrician, but um, just from observation. All right, let's get to, to Brandon's question. Thank you for this, Brandon, on Facebook. Have you heard of Tricor Phenofibrate? Thoughts? Uh, I had yeah. read a study about it earlier. Yeah, I mean, it's Phenofibrate is Tricor. We use it to lower triglycerides um, and maybe even has some effect on cholesterol. Um, it's a fibrate, meaning it's fiber. It affects absorption in the gut of fats. But there's been some evidence that it may be working for COVID. You know, it may, it may do that through your gut as you know um, if you listen to my podcast uh, today on use of PPIs um, you know uh, you there's a lot of viral shedding of COVID through your stools for much longer than it's shed through your respiratory uh, passages so um, phenofibrate may have some uh, effect in clearing the virus from your gut so I, I have read reports of it I haven't really put anybody on it for that reason, but it's certainly one of those things you could try, especially if you're having a lot of maybe gut upset from the, the virus. Um, you know, you get a lot of diarrhea in a lot of cases with COVID-19. In some cases, we use medicines just like that, more specifically cholestyramine, uh, you know, for uh, diarrheal type things, uh, even IBS. So uh, it's a good question. I'm certainly not against the use of that, especially with a lot of gut COVID gut problems. Um, I, I, I like this question. Uh, this, this seems to come up, uh, every week and I, I think it's, you know, important for us to, to, to be transparent with a lot of this type of thing. Um, it could help people. And, uh, thank you, Brandy, for, for asking it. The question is, are you guys keeping up with your statistics on people that you're treating for COVID and after, uh, how many go to the hospital or end up on, on a vent? Uh, you know, go into that as however deep you want to, but I do think it's yeah. important, um, you know, with all the stuff that we're talking about. Yeah, I think so far we've had to send about 15 people to the hospital. Um, three have ended up on the ventilator. So I, I keep it in the back of my head, you know, I'm not running a study on it or anything, but, um, yeah, I mean, COVID can get bad. You can, you can prophylax, you can treat with ivermectin you're going to have some you're going to have some breakthroughs you know and uh 
So you have to know when to advise somebody to go to the hospital, you know, because some people, that's their only, that's their only chance where they can monitor you, get constant blood work, have IVs running, and um, have other things they can do if the uh, home oxygen's not working or your O2 sats go down. You know, that's where you're going to have to go, you know. Uh, um, and, and speaking of O2 sats, I, I think uh, we, we had a question here, and I appreciate uh, Jessica clarified it. Thank you for that, Jessica. Um, so, so Edna asked about, you know, where do you want the, the oxygen levels to be? Um, and guys, I, I love when you guys kind of, you know, help us out with the answers. This is so, um, that's super helpful. We really appreciate that. Um, the, the question was, was about, you know, how, how low is your oxygen or when is your oxygen level too low? Kind of where do you want it? Um, I mean, you, your, want it the, you want it in the nineties, mid nineties to upper nineties. But I mean, some people have lung disease and they, they chronically run around 90, 92. So it's a good idea for everybody to have a pulse ox to see what your normal is, you know, at rest and with the exertion. So um, that's a great thing to have around the house. Yep. And certainly, if you get in the 80s and you you can't you can't talk at a normal pace and without being short of breath, then you know that that needs immediate attention. Yeah. Whether it means going to the hospital or getting supplemental oxygen at home, then. Um, I mean, we've, we've pulled a lot of people through, I think, by sending them O2 at home um, with the other treatments. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a patient not 30 minutes ago call me. I talked to him on the phone, and um, he went to one of the urgent cares and with uh, flu-like symptoms. Of course, it's COVID. And uh, he caught, it's been 12 days, and he's no better. I mean, he, and, uh, they... I asked him if they treat him with anything, and they said, no, there's no treatment for it. But there is treatment for it. I mean, you have to do something, and now he's no better. In fact, he's worse. He's coughing up brownish stuff. Uh, his O2 sats are good, but he needs treatment. You know, so and, I, I gave him treatment. Ivermectin, Zithromax, steroids. And, and and what we're doing here is trying to find, you know, people with, with similar mindsets, and, and, and that's – Really, what we're doing behind the scenes, because uh, you know, certainly, uh, we'd love to to help everybody that we can, but but um, you know, it's not super super realistic. Uh, so we're we're working on finding like-minded people who are willing to treat just like us. Uh, so just know that, guys. I'm gonna get one more question, and then we got to roll uh, real quick, Dad. This is a um, this is a vac- vaccine question. Uh, should you wait three months between the first and second for the Pfizer and Moderna? I would, you know, I just think it's um, prudent to do that. Um, a lot of people disagree with that, but um, I probably think it's a good idea to wait between uh, doses. And certainly they're pushing a third dose now. And, um, you know, that's, it's, we'll see how it unfolds and how many people react to that. It seems like the second shot's the one they always get pretty sick on uh, or if they're going to have a complication unless it's immediate anaphylaxis for the first one, which is rare, and they should be able to handle it right there. Um, but um, for somebody who's had anaphylaxis, me, uh, to another type of shot, it's a scary situation. I ended up in the intensive care unit for the whole night after that happened. Mm-hmm. If I hadn't known what was happening to me and got adrenaline many times, it would have killed me. So I'm really up on anaphylaxis. Keep your EpiPen around, and you're more likely to save somebody's life with an EpiPen than about anything you're going to do. 
but uh, yeah, I mean, you can't be faulted for that. You really can't. Um, so um, keep keep your keep tune on on the situation with how the vaccines are to go, especially the booster dose. The booster dose is no different than the the other shots. So. Um, you know, if you felt really terrible and had a bad reaction after the second one, then you may ought to question the, taking the third one. Um, no, so. All right. Thank you for that. Great questions tonight, guys. I'm just going to put this up here. Uh, thank you, Bianca, for, for putting this in. If you do, if you do want to sign up for the email, the easiest way to do that right now would be to email me, uh, ben at performancemedicine.net. Just put in the subject line email list. Uh, we have, uh, it's called Performance Weekly that goes out every single Tuesday, has all the content that we've put out for the previous week all in one place, uh, plus a little message from Dr. Rogers. Uh, so super cool there. Sign up. Um, you can simply email me, ben at performancemedicine.net. Uh, if you are, if you're a healthcare worker, if you're a nurse, we are looking. Um, so keep that in mind as well. We're, we're looking to find uh, more like-minded people and, and get this team together. Like I said earlier, we're putting together a, a team right now uh, that's going to be doing a, a lot of the COVID stuff that's uh, within our, our community. Um, but we're also looking outside of our community for people who uh, are like-minded and doing similar things. So we're going to send people that, that are not in state to, to those practices and those like-minded providers. Uh, we love let, you guys. Let me, say, let me say one more thing, Ben. Go ahead. Yeah, again, I want to give a shout out to the people that are on the front lines in the hospital because yep. that is the ultimate, you know, place that if you get really sick that you need to be, you know, and I really don't think people, people in the hospital are discriminating against people that are unvaccinated. I mean, it may make them mad, but they're going to treat you well. And, you know, they're, they're making an incredible effort and they can do so much. If you get sick enough to go in the hospital, you know, don't, don't, you, there's a time when you need to. So um, don't, you know, blow off our hospitals because they may not agree with some of the treatments like ivermectin and so on and so forth. So, you know, just, you know, our hospitals are for the most part, wonderful places. If you're really sick enough to go, they can save your life. So, um, you know, keep an open mind and, you know, just be, be courteous and people have different opinions and, you know, they should respect your opinions. We're all trying to just get over this thing and, and throw everything we have at, at this terrible virus that's going around the world. So um, a lot of our attention is um, focused on that right now. So keep an open mind. Do everything you can to keep your immune system healthy. And so that if you do get COVID, you know, you'll be able to fight it off, especially with early treatment. And um, I mean, most people do fine with it, with it anyway. There's a 99 point something percent survival rate for COVID, you know, so, um, and, and just keep yourself healthy. And, um, that's all I want to say about that. So and, and expect more and more uh, content around the immune system and keeping that strong because, you know, that covers so many different things. Uh, we feel like integrated medicine is all about getting to the root cause and, uh, you know, a big part of that's keeping your immune system strong. So, uh, well said, Dr. Roger, I appreciate you appreciate the time tonight, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out. This is, this is our favorite time of the week. Uh, Tuesday nights, uh, we do this live Q and a normally it's at seven. This week was at six. We got a, we have an engagement here in a couple, a couple of minutes. So we're going to, yeah, we'll get back to our go. regular time next week. So, uh, we'll tune in next week.
regular time next week, guys, Tuesday at 7. We hope to see so many of you there. Uh, tell your friends we're hanging out. Uh, great interaction there in the comments. We love you. Uh, we'll, guy, we'll see you guys next week. Um, see you, Dr. Rogers. Good night. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.